Welcome to The City Podcast, a ministry of Ambassadors Church in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. If you'd like more information about our church, visit our website at wearethecity.org. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you are blessed by today's word. out Satan. I'm going to go cast out Satan out of somebody possessed by Satan. So he hops in a boat, goes to the other side of the lake, to the land of the Gerasenes, and as soon as he steps out of the boat, there's a man who is possessed by an unclean spirit. Now this man is, is living among the tombs. He lives in a cemetery, and he is screaming out day and night, unable to be freed from this unclean spirit. So he's crying out and and people from the surrounding neighborhood have tried to chain up this man, put shackles on his hands and on his feet. But the, the unclean spirit within him was greater and stronger than anybody's attempt to try to stop him. And he's crying out for help day and night and cutting his wrists with with stones in the cemetery and he's in a place of death and he's dying in a place of death and along comes Jesus across the lake to where that man was and as soon as the unclean spirit gazed upon the face of Jesus the unclean spirit cried out what do you want to do with me Jesus son of the most high God don't Torment me, the spirit said. And Jesus asked the man, what is your name? And the spirit replies out of the mouth of the man, my name is Legion, for we are many. Shout out, don't like, don't name your kid Legion. So uh, Legion, for we are many. And then Jesus says, come. And then I missed a part. Is, is that the, there's a, there was a herd of pigs, about 2,000 pigs right off nearby, being shepherded by a couple dudes. And, and the spirit says through the man's mouth, don't send us out of the country, send us into the pigs. And so Jesus gives the evil spirit, the unclean spirit, permission to go into the pigs. And the whole herd of pigs runs off the mountain and, and, and drowns in the sea. And then the people that were taking care of the pigs are freaked out by what is happening. I mean, their livelihood just died. Their, their paycheck literally was flushed down the toilet. Like that was, that, was their, that was their meal, that was their money, that was their life. And they are saying to Jesus, get out of our country. So they go into town, tell everybody what just happened. And all of a sudden a crowd shows up because wherever there is transformation by Jesus, a crowd always shows up. Remember that. And so the crowd comes and they see the man that they knew. They were the ones that used to try to put chains on him and shackles on him. And now they are seeing this man seated, clothed, and in his right mind. And then Jesus is about to get on his boat and go back to his land because, you know, mission accomplished. And the man who had been possessed by legion comes to Jesus and says, let me go with you. After all, Jesus had just freed him from Legion. But Jesus said, no, don't come with me. The mission where you live is more important. Go and tell your friends what the Lord has done in and through you. End of story. You know what I love? I love several things about this story, but I I, I want to highlight a couple things. This man is dying in a place of death. He's cutting himself himself with with stones, living in a cemetery. Have you ever noticed, you know, 
Cemeteries are creepy places. I'm a history guy, so there was this one, I used to be want, want to be a mortician back in the day. I don't know if anybody knew that. That was my childhood dream, was to one day own a funeral home and be a mortician. I was a strange child. But God, hallelujah. No, but, but, uh, but that, was, that was the goal. And, but now I'm a history guy still, and there was this one grave in East Providence that I wanted to find. It was like the grave of, of, of the mob boss from like the 70s that used to live in Providence, the Patriarcha family. And uh, so I went through that, that cemetery until I found that guy's tomb. Didn't accomplish much, but I found it. But, but tombs and cemeteries are strange places. It's a place of death. It's a place of death. And here is this man possessed by an unclean spirit living in a cemetery, cutting himself with stones. And, and, I, and I want to just highlight this really strongly to you this morning because dead people can't find healing. This man is dying and he can't find healing, but healing found him. I always say, lost people don't find Jesus. Jesus finds lost people. Dying people can't find life. Life has to find dying people. And that's why we are the church, is that we can't just host services on a Sunday morning and expect lost people to find us and therefore find Jesus. That's too long of a process. That's too many hoops for them to jump through. We have to make it as simple and straightforward as possible. We can't let lost people find us and somehow maybe my mistake find Jesus. Found people have to find people. Alive people need to bring life to dead people. People that have breath need to give breath to dying people. We, the church, that's our job. We can't expect dead people to walk in here and find life. You have been found, so go and find dead people. Amen. Oh, but our doors are open. Our doors are open to who? Who's going to walk in here? Who's going to walk in here and mistakenly find Jesus? I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm saying the probability of someone finding Jesus by walking in this door is very slim. But the chances of someone knowing Jesus because you went to them is far greater. Why would you ever wait for a guy who lives in a cemetery dying and cutting himself to go and find a doctor? If a doctor knows he's there, the doctor should go there to where the sick person is. In the same way, if we call ourselves ambassadors, we are the people who leave where we are from and go to the place to represent. Dying people need a cure, and that cure is Jesus, and you have Jesus, so you are the cure. Find them. Find them, find them, find them and tell them, find them and demonstrate the power of God. But, but, but second off is this, did you notice in that scripture where the man, you know, the people of the neighborhood, the people of the town tried to control this man that was possessed by an unclean spirit by binding his hands and binding his feet and trying to control him. But still the unclean spirit within that man was stronger than the chains and the shackles that the people put on him because you can never control a spiritual issue with human effort. Yes. 
You can never control a spiritual issue with human effort. And that's what we try to do when we're struggling with sin is we try in human effort to control what is deeply a spiritual issue. You can put as many chains on you. If you're addicted to pornography, you will find a way to get to that website. It doesn't matter what chains you put on you, there will be a spiritual problem that if not dealt with is always gonna be stronger. We try to put chains on ourselves and say, I'll never do it again. That's a human chain trying to control a spiritual issue. And so the people are like, let's control this guy. And here's the thing. People can't solve spiritual problems. That's why self-help only goes so far. We need God's help. That's why 10-point plans and 5-point plans and, and this kind of plan, that the, the, there's some value to it, but unless there's an underlying spiritual thing that happens, transformation will always be temporary until it's dealt with head on by Jesus. People can't control spiritual problems. But, but, but here, here let's, let's move on is that the man with the unclean spirit sees Jesus hop, hop off the boat. And as soon as Jesus steps on land, the unclean spirit cries out to Jesus. And he says, Jesus, son of the most high God, don't torment me. Here's the thing. Even the enemy knows God's the boss. Even the enemy knows God's the boss. And so I want to set you free this morning and say, if the enemy of your soul knows that God's the boss, you need to remember that God's the boss. If you're disappointed at a restaurant or a store, who do you ask for? Let me talk to the manager. I've never seen somebody disappointed at a restaurant and say, let me talk to the janitor. I've never seen somebody disappointed at a store and say, let me talk to the clerk. You say, let me talk to the manager. Let me talk to the man in charge. And as soon as Jesus steps off the boat, he recognizes the manager showed up. Have you noticed how people calm down once the manager's there? The part that I love is, can I talk to the manager? Oh, I am the manager. That's what I love. <laughs> Who's in charge here? Me, so... Like, but that's the way it is in this spiritual battle. And, and so I want to set some people free this morning because some people think in order for me to get set free, I need to call the pastor. I think I have value. My dad has value. Pastor Carlos has value. But sometimes we think, we think the pastor is the replacement for prayer. We think the pastor is the replacement for us personally seeking God on our own time. Oh, let me call the, the, the board. Let me call the, and we will, let me call the number on the bottom of the screen on Daystar. They'll set me free. Call the manager. Yes. Let me call A, B, C. Look, we are just representatives of the manager. I don't own anointing. The church doesn't own healing. You know who owns it? The manager. So if you have an issue that you need solved, don't come to me, I'll help you pray, but go to the manager. We need to be a church that knows how to pray. 
And I'm not saying prayer like, oh, Jesus, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you, God, for this delicious food that we're going to eat. Bless it, God. Amen. Let me say grace. I'm not talking about saying grace. I'm talking about powerful prayers. Where the devil's like, let me get my hands off. They call the manager. That's the kind of prayer that I want in my life. It's not a prayer that's like, there are some prayers that the enemy is not scared by. There are some prayers that don't shudder anybody. And then there are some prayers that, man, even the, my spirit's like, wow, I'm praying right now. Wow, I'm praying. Good. Have you ever been there? We're just praying. I'm not talking praying. I'm talking praying. So, sister, brother, you're going to go through something this week. I don't know which day of the week, but you're going to face something. And you know who you're going to call? The manager. Because the, the, the demon inside this dude was like, Jesus, son of the most high God, don't torment me. And Jesus keeps going closer. He wasn't like, okay, bye, talk to you later. No, he, if, if Jesus is confronted with something that needs to be confronted, Jesus doesn't shy away from it. And so I believe that there is power in the name of Jesus. So when I begin declaring even the name of Jesus, things start changing. You feel something weird in your home? Walk around your house and declare the name of Jesus. You start having financial insecurity. You start laying hands on your citizen's bank app and saying, receive prosperity in the name of Jesus. I mean, you start feeling, I know financial peace, prosperity, I know making decisions, but I'm saying there are some times that we just gotta begin declaring the name and the power and the blood of Jesus Christ. There's power in the name. The devil can't stand that name. It's like you with your ex. As soon as you hear your ex's name, you're like, ooh. <laughs> That's the way it is with, with Jesus and, and, and the enemy. As soon as the enemy hears that name, there, he's running in the opposite direction. That's just the way. The name of Jesus is the biggest turnoff to the enemy. So you know what my mantra is? Just declare the name of Jesus. Because then I'm free. Declare it. Come on, you start declaring that name. Believing in the power of that name. Atmospheres begin to shift. I believe chains begin to break. And I believe that the enemy has no place. Because where there is light, there can be no darkness. Jesus, son of the most high God, don't torment me. Send us into the pigs, they said. And Jesus gives them permission but before he sends them into the pigs he says what is your name what is your name legion creepy name legion and legion was the roman military word for like a bunch of soldiers so legion is saying look there's a lot of us and there's a lot of us inside this guy and the demon is speaking through the guy's mouth how crazy is that like the dude has no control over what's on the inside of him, but Jesus has control over what's on the inside of him. Here's the thing. Why was it important that Jesus needed to know the name of the spirit that was on the inside of him? Because you can only cure something that has been diagnosed. You don't go to the hospital, the ER, your doctor and say, I'm sick. What are you sick with? I don't know. I'm just sick. Well, what do you feel? I don't know. I'm just sick. Because you can't treat something that you don't know. 
You, you, you can't speak against something that you haven't identified. Oh, God, bless me. God, give me this general, overall, vague blessing. I believe that in our prayer life, we need to begin speaking specifics. If there's legion, then it's legion. If it's cancer, then it's cancer. If, if, it's, if, it's, uh, if, if it's a mental health, illness, mental health illness, we begin speaking against whatever mental health illness it may be. We don't speak in these generalities because Jesus didn't speak or heal in generalities. If it was a blind man, he didn't heal the man's foot. If it was a deaf man, he didn't heal the man's hand. If it was a deaf man, he healed the man's ears. If it was a blind man, he healed the man's eyes. And I believe Jesus wants to begin identifying the specific areas of your life that need the touch of the Father because you can't cure what's not diagnosed. And so Jesus speaks out against the the enemy and says, Legion, get out of the man. Legion, get out of the man. Imagine trying to cast out an enemy that wasn't there. Imagine trying to heal an illness that wasn't there. Jesus needed to know what was the demon's name. Legion, for we are many. Okay, Legion, that's your name? Great, Legion, get out. Legion. And, and, and I want to encourage you this morning, as you, and, and in your walk with the Lord, in your prayer life, know that there is nothing that Jesus doesn't know There is nothing that Jesus cannot handle. But I believe that there is power in you speaking out with your mouth what you need him to do. Sometimes we just kind of hop on the train of, well, Jesus knows, so let me not pray about it. Jesus knows, but you need to know. Jesus already knows, but you need to hear yourself say it. Oh, Jesus already knows, so I'm not going to pray about it. Jesus doesn't need convincing. Your flesh needs convincing. So you got to pray. Pray like nobody's business. And you start declaring stuff. And you start believing that Jesus is going to do because he is able to do exceedingly abundantly. And he will do it, Tina. He will do it. And I, I've never seen God fail on his promises. And so if we, and, and here's, what I, here's what I know. God has made promises. So we make demands based on the promises of God. Ask and it will be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open. Not half the time, all the time. So we need to begin bringing our faith up to the level of God's promises. And so the, de- the, the enemy goes into the herd of pigs and goes off. I don't really know how to interpret that little part of the story, so I'm going to skip over it. But then, here's the thing. Yeah, I don't really have a deep theological point, pig. I just don't know, so make it up. I, I, but here's the point that comes afterwards, and this is really where it's, it gets good, is that... The, 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 the dudes that herded the pigs go off and talk to the neighborhood, tell them to come back and, ch- and, and see what's going on because people are just nosy. And, and they see the man that had been possessed by the demons sitting there clothed in his right mind. Sitting there clothed and in his right mind. Here's what I love. And, and hear me on this and I pray that you understand where my heart is coming from is that sometimes we think that the move of God means that it has to be sensational. What I mean by that is sometimes we think the move of God has to be something dramatic and, and you, gotta, you gotta fall out and you gotta be weeping and, and there has to be this show in order to prove what God has done on the inside of you. But here we see a transformation that was not sensational. Jesus simply cast the demon out of the man. We, we, we pause, we come back to the story and there is the man seated, clothed, and in his right mind. Sometimes we think that, well, if I didn't cry, then it wasn't real. If I didn't feel the goosebumps, then 
God wasn't there. If I didn't fall out, then the spirit wasn't present. Are you kidding me? Jesus raised up that man and said, put on some clothes, sit down. And here is a man who had been dying in a place of death. And people tried to control it. But Jesus saw that man from afar, came to where he was, set him free. And there is the same man who five minutes earlier had been cutting himself with stones. And there he is in his right mind. I want to talk to you this morning. Maybe your story isn't as dramatic as that man, but we are the people that were dying in a place of death. We were the ones who were born with this curse of sin and dying, but Jesus saw us from heaven and he loved us to the point that he was willing to cross over from heaven to earth to meet you where you were, to set you free, to clothe you again, and to say, now my spirit is with you, be healed in my name some of us have been struggling for so long trying to control our own issues control our own addictions control our own sin and I want to remind you there is no human healing for a spiritual issue but Jesus but Jesus this morning my call is to you could we stand all across this place what a powerful story that is what a powerful story that is. Worship team, if you, you guys could come up for a minute. If we could sing the, the, the bridge to that song once again, that chorus of healing is in your hands. This morning, I believe that God wants to set some people free. I believe God wants to bring healing into some people's lives today. And I believe that some people are going to leave here better than when they came in. As we sing the powerful and beautiful words of this song with every head bowed, every eye closed. If this word was for you, if you need to be set free, if you want Jesus, then I believe Jesus is right here ready to heal you. We don't need to beg him as orphans. We ask him as sons and daughters. This altar is open for you here this morning. Let's fill this altar with people praying. Let's fill this altar with people that want to seek the face and the heart of Jesus. If this